What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The streak is alive, Suns fans. That's right. The streak is alive. No. No, not the streak that we would like to discuss on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. The Atlanta Hawks took care of that tonight. Suns win streak is over. But Matthew, it's a win streak for the Phoenix Suns, not winning in Atlanta. They have not won in Atlanta, in Atlanta since 2014. That's damn near a decade. What the F-bomb is it? Why is it, why is it so hard to win in Atlanta for the Suns? <laughs> you know, I wonder if it's maybe the first game of every road trip they have going out east. Maybe it's because it's the one to start it off. Maybe that might be the most difficult one, you know, in the beginning of the road trip. That might be why. Um, I don't know why. I mean, what's been going on in between that then and now? You know, 2014, I thought it would end tonight for sure because I heard that on the way home on the radio. Um, so I'm surprised they lost, but mm, it's a good Hawks team, right? It's a damn good Hawks team. I mean, this is eight out of nine in a row for them. They're a team that definitely is on the come up, uh, a team that's starting to put some of the puzzle pieces together. And, you yeah. know, that, that that's an interesting point you bring up. And it's like once we're done with this podcast, I'm literally going to research that. Is like, is this is the Atlanta trip every year the first game of an East Coast swing? Because again, normal time, body, all that fun stuff. Like it, it's like playing two hours early for a lot of these Phoenix Suns. And, and again, no way, shape, or form am I diminishing anything that Atlanta did or saying, yeah. "Well, the Suns clearly lost because their body, like, their body was two hours behind." Like whatever. But it's just, a, it's an interesting observation. I wonder if that's true. It might, it might be, man. And uh, this, honestly, this matchup between the two. It might be finals contender just because Ooh. of how weird it is out east, right? You're talking about this team won seven of the last eight games, now eight of the last nine. You know, the east is kind of up for grabs because of injuries and all that. You know, they could sneak in there. This could be a finals preview. And as you know, this is a team that was in the Eastern Conference finals last year. So they have yeah. a little experience under their belt. They have a roster that's performing very well right now. And ultimately, they beat the Phoenix Suns tonight. So we're going to talk about that on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We thank you if you've decided to hang out with us post-game live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Or if you're choosing to listen to this a little bit later, or even watch this a little bit later, we appreciate you as well. So make sure you hit that thumbs up button down below. Suns, you know, they might have lost, but you can still give us a thumbs up because we're here and we're here to talk about it. Okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Matthew, what are you popping open tonight? Oh, just to disappoint you, just like the Suns tonight. I have nothing. You know, Chris Paul would be so upset at us, right? Our inconsistency to win. He would be. CP3 would be. <laughs> He's so mad. PO'd. He would have like a case of beer ready yes. to go for him. He would have all 82 lined up, ready to go on ice the whole season. We're not even. I'm I'm no good either. I, I have in and out Diet Coke. <laughs> I just I mean, have my big jug of wine or jug of water, whatever this is. I need to, I need to get one of those, a big thermos full of water. Cause like, yeah, it's amazing. You know, I, what I'm doing right now, I'm currently in Folsom, California, and I'm assisting one of our new properties that's currently under construction. We're getting ready to open in March 1st. So I'm doing the hiring out here. And what I do is I'm hiring servers and bartenders 
uh, that aren't tipped positions because it's independent living communities. So there's reasons why they don't have tipped positions. So one of the things that I do is I go around to like In-N-Out and Chick-fil-A and I hand out like QR coded flyers because those are people who work, have fantastic customer service and they, they're not in tip positions. I'm like, Hey, if you want to do that and have a low, low volume and, and, you know, a great place to work, come work for me. But the byproduct of that is I always end up with like in and out diet Cokes because I have to go through the, the line. But that's, that's one of my, one of my recruiting strategies here in 2022 is go to in and out Chick-fil-A. And it's really funny when you hand somebody like a QR code flyer, because there's like, uh, uh, am I allowed to accept this? You know, cause these are younger kids and there's like, um, like, Oh, uh, uh th- th- thank you, sir. Um, yeah, and plus those trouble? are like two. Those are two of the best places to work at for fast food too. Once you go into fast food, it's Chick Fil A and In and Out. The yeah, pay, the benefits. So mm-hmm. yeah, and the training, you, and that's why I want to snipe them. Job, dude. Yes, that's why I want to snipe them because I want that level of service in my restaurants. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, sorry about the side tangent, ladies and gentlemen. So as Matthew and I both have clearly stated, we don't have anything to drink that's alcoholic. So we're relying on you, Jamsters, to crack them if you got them. Let's talk about this loss. Only the tenth one of the season for the Phoenix Suns. It was a nine-point loss for the Phoenix Suns tonight in Atlanta, losing by a final score of 124 to 115. Which always brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I gotta ask. Is it something in the water in Atlanta that when you drink it and you're a white guy, you just drain every three possible? <laughs> I wasn't ready for that question, but yeah, I guess so, man. Um, the way they were hitting threes tonight Jesus. on my car ride home from work, I was just one after the other, one after the other. And still as a Suns fan, and we do this every night after a game, I'm still thinking we're going to come into this podcast being like, well, that Atlanta team gave them, gave the Suns all they could from three, basically making all of them. And yet the Suns still won. And the opportunity was still there for the Suns. But the Hawks just, they needed all those threes. And then, of course, in the end, Trey Young to make that crazy three with 11 seconds left to go in. That was just their night from beyond the arc. So, yeah, and um, whatever your question was, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> well, uh, it's like Floppy Socks 44 says in the chat, I don't know why this L made me so mad. I don't like getting ice trade. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, uh, we can probably start there with ice tray. I'm not upset in any way, shape, or form. Like, I respect what Trey Young did tonight. He went off. I mean, there's no no doubt about it. Trey Young had himself a game tonight uh, on national television on the T on the TNT broadcast. You know, ended with a total of 43 points on 16 of 25 shooting, six for 11 from deep, uh, five for seven from the free throw line. Also added five assists, uh, but he didn't do it in the way that Trey Young typically does it in the past where it's a lot of flopping and flailing. He had a couple, of course, you know, Chris Paul has a couple, of course, but that's not the basis of his game tonight. This wasn't the base of how he put the points on the scoreboard. And I think that, you know, it's just like you, you, you tip your cap to him. And I was really impressed with his performance tonight. And it was a performance that didn't frustrate me uh, like others kind of do. There, there's other players in the NBA who it just, I, I'm not a big fan of. And when they beat the Suns, it pisses me off. I don't know if I was really pissed off with, with Trey young tonight. Were you? 
No, and I, I don't get pissed off at him. It's not like a Luka Doncic thing. I've always liked Trey Young. I've always liked watching him. Even with the flopping, it could drive me mad at some time. But I just think he's such a great player, and he's going to be even more amazing in the future. I like the fact that, of course, he has to get adjusted to the new current NBA rules where you can't flop. I mean, for example, the one he drew on, I forget. I think it was, who was it? He was going to the lane, and he just stopped. Cam I think Johnson. it was Cameron, Cameron Johnson, yeah. And he stopped, and then Cameron ran into him. So in the past, Trey Young would throw his body backwards. That was something that would drive me a little crazy because they're going to call it a course back then, but now he had to adjust to it. So the way Atlanta's been kind of struggling earlier in the year, we always worried about these players, especially James Harden, those type of players that would draw flat fouls to get adjusted. And I think right now, Trey Young might be in that mix of like, all right, I'm getting adjusted. All right, we're getting our guys back. Everything's kind of coming together right now for the Hawks because he looked really fluent out there. He looked like, you know, a newer kind of Trey Young that's going to be able to adjust to these new rules. And it's good. And when you lose to a team like Atlanta, it's not a big deal, right? These aren't, this is not a team that you hate, right? Because they kind of just built themselves kind of like the Suns, where through the draft, then they added a few free agents. No one really paid attention to them. Then they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. This year, again, no respect. They just start out a little bit slower. But now they're in a situation where, like I said in the beginning, they have an opportunity to be the best second-half team in the NBA because just based on their record starting the season, going into the second half, they have everything put together. And Trey Young's playing phenomenal right now. Yeah, and I mentioned on the last podcast, you know, this is a team that I, necess- I, I haven't necessarily watched a bunch of. I know they've struggled early on in the season. But I always have like one East Coast darling that I kind of pay attention to. And I watched a lot of Atlanta last year, and it's been kind of replaced by Charlotte this year. And, you know, now this is a team that's definitely gelling. They're playing a lot better uh, holistically. Uh, they, they kind of remind me in the Suns that, yeah, they, they've built their team through the draft. Uh, they've made a couple key free, free agent acquisitions, and it got them to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, a year that uh, was probably one year ahead of schedule. So, you know, it, it's a team that doesn't frustrate me. It doesn't piss me off. You know, it's, it's like the Nets team after the Nets. Like I was ready to go on a rant, even though we beat them. There's certain teams like after the pod, I'm ready to rant on because I just don't like those teams. Atlanta's not necessarily one of those. And it's, it's one of those games where if you were to ask me the question, did the Suns lose or did the, the Hawks win, you know, instead of like the Suns lost or, or the, you know, the Suns had a chance to win and they lost it or the Hawks had a chance to lose, but somehow won it. Like the Hawks easily won this game because of that three-point shooting. You know, you you look overall on how they played, and I mean, they hit 23s tonight. And it is now, you know, and, and I, I just tweeted out once the game went final, uh, if the opposition makes 17 or more threes, the Suns are 0-5. And sometimes your opponent's on fire, and just on fire and there's nothing you can do about it. The Suns were outscored by 33 from beyond the arc tonight. And we know because we've done it to other teams where we just catch fire. We can't miss anything. And it's really hard from a momentum standpoint. You know, you, you get back in the game, then pop a three. You get it down to five, pop a three. Well, now it's eight. You get it down to four, pop. Now it's seven. You know, it's just we've done it to teams and they just couldn't miss tonight. So I'm not going to sit and beat the myself up, the Suns up or anything uh, on their performance. Now, if this go, if this was against the Washington Wizards, you know, which we'll be playing here in a couple weeks or a couple nights, and they're a team that's not playing well at all, then it's a little bit more frustrating. But I think it's a little easier to swallow because it was it, it's a high-quality team, and uh, they just couldn't miss tonight. Yeah, and I mean, 
last game it was like did the Suns win or did who the hell did we play last game? The Nets. <laughs> the Nets. Did the Suns win the game? Or did the Nets lose it? We always say the Suns won the game because even tonight, when there's a minute left or even 30 seconds left, Booker's on the floor trying to scramble for the ball down by nine points. Whew. And he's still trying to get it. You know what I mean? So this team is always trying to win. The thing is, it's kind of hard to differentiate, if I said that right, between the two just because of if they lost or if they won the game because a lot of their shots were in and out, right? Speaking of in and out, you go in to pick up you know, high school kids to come work for you, whatever you're doing. <laughs> what, the ball was going in and out of the rim. <laughs> Seriously, it was it was in and out a lot for the Suns from three. Uh, Chris Paul, there's a couple floaters down there in the paint that were just hitting the front of the rim. The loose balls were not going their way. Even the Devin Booker one where he scrambled for, and his hand was out of bounds. He didn't have possession. The ball wasn't even touching him, and they still yeah. gave the ball to the Hawks. A lot of that was just happening in the fourth where everything was just going the Hawks' way, and it's not like I'm like, oh, man, like the Suns didn't get a break tonight. It's like, no, the Suns tried. They did everything that they usually do every night. It just wasn't going their way to where they were missing by just an inch on everything. And Mm -hmm. you're going to have those games. And this game tonight, too, it reminds me just watching it. So I was at work. I had it on my phone a little bit, just off to the side. And I'm watching on TNT. My headphones are in my beats. I got to have those beats in. Yeah. And the, the crowd noise, everything in the first quarter was just so loud. It felt like a playoff game. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is actually going to be a legit road game for the Suns to where they're going to have to go up against a really good team that's figuring each other out. And, you know, it's going to be a difficult matchup for them. And this turned out to be one of those difficult games. But in the end, it was just like, it's like, oh, they were just so close on so many plays. It just, you're not used to that as a Suns fan right now. Yeah, exactly. Because normally we come out on top. And and even in those last minutes, we fought so hard. It just shows you again the heart of the team. So anybody who takes this as a, 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 a loss in which you should be devastated in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you are what we call a noob. You are a casual, and you need to get fucked. Okay? It's like, so says Jay, our good buddy from Fanny of the Flames podcast, who's live in the chat right now, says, meh, shit happens, whatevs. You know? I think th- that that could literally, if we, if we named our episodes after, you know, actual titles instead of, like, sons, ca- you know, parentheses, 41 and 10, comma, at Hawks postgame pod, we would call it that right there. Meh, shit happens, whatevs. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. just kind of that's just kind of the way it goes tonight. You know, and then, again, there's some observations that some of the jamsters are pointing out in the chat. Uh Stefan asks, should Mikhail give up on three point shooting and drive to the basket more? You look at how Mikhail Bridges played tonight. Uh a solid game, had 24 points, nine to seventeen shooting, but was two for seven from beyond the arc. And you take a look at, you know, again, the Suns have lost only 10 times this season. Mikhail Bridges, if he shoots over seven three-pointers a game, okay, the the Phoenix Suns' uh, record in those games is 500. He They're two and two. Okay, he's shot oh, seven or more three-pointers a total of four times now this season, and they've won two and they've lost two. So, yeah, maybe, you know, m- maybe he needs to stop taking as many threes and drive to the basket more. Uh, I'd rather talk about the fa- the fact that Mikhail is – showing up and showing out on offense more, right? Or do you think he should take yeah. less threes? Oh, I'm always for less threes for um, Mikhail, but it's one of those games where it's kind of like when Book like goes off, but then like tonight, what, one for seven or whatever from three, he still had a good scoring night, but then you don't notice all the misses too much because of how much more he's doing offensively and how much his game has improved the last four or five games where he's averaging more than 20 points a game. And 
a lot of these takes are inside. He was he had the backdowns against Trey Young multiple times tonight, where he was taking care of the mismatches and the two little short rounds that were super easy for him, right? Over these mismatches that are way shorter than him, they don't have any length to really get up against him and putting make it difficult for him to shoot over him. So those went in super easy. That's something that it's kind of new, right? The little turnaround. It seemed like that was kind of a new thing he did tonight. He probably does it, but maybe because his offensive game has come back to where it's it seems like it's something that's going to stay hopefully. So when he has this going on, when he's when he's driving to the to the rim, when he's having the little pull-up shots, when he's making those, the threes are fine. I'll take those all day. If it's just selling for the threes and that's it and he's not trying to get to the rim or try to do anything else, work with the big men. I mean him and DeAndre Ayton did a little bit, him and Mc, him and McGee played off of each other kind of well a few times. Not a whole lot, but just enough to notice that he was trying to do something something offensively then I'm okay with those threes. He can take them all day, every day, as long as he's getting to the rim, dude. Yeah, and again, I think that, you know, again, if you take away the the seven shots from deep and you look at, you know, that puts him at seven for 10 from the field inside, you know, from, from two-point range, if you will. And th- that's an effective Booker, and or I'm sorry, Bridges. I mean, he's scoring like Booker, though. His last four games, including tonight, he's averaging 23.8 points a game. Almost 24 points a game is coming from Mikhail Bridges right now, and yeah. it's it, it's obvious. You know, a, a couple things that I I definitely noticed in this game. You know, one Mikhail Bridges, uh, the fact that he's taken on the role of tertiary scorer and he's been executing over these past four games is unbelievably exciting. It's something that we've pined upon, especially during times with people being out. That Mikhail needs to step up from not not only a shot taking standpoint but from an execution of those shots and scoring the basketball standpoint because there's been lulls in his game so to see it occur for over four games is unbelievably exciting i hope it continues you know entering tonight mikhail bridges uh on the entire season oh matthew say something because i'm gonna sneeze uh mikhail bridges of all seas achoo achoo <laughs> i could have stayed unmuted if you were just gonna do it for me <laughs> Oh man, uh, Whew, sorry, that was intense. Uh, I, I, I apologize. Right. Uh, but on the season, he's averaging 12.7 points a night. If we can get Mikhail up to 18 points a night, I mean, think about how, and again, this is a team that's already 41-10, so it's like we're clearly grasping at things, but yeah. like, that, that would be unbelievable. But there's yeah, a reason, oh, go sorry, ahead, go man. ahead. No, no. No, you, you, did you have more? I'm sorry, man. No, no, I'm going to shift topic, so finish that. Oh yeah, oh, and there's plenty to go around for Mikhail. It's not like if he scores 18 points a game, it's taken away from anybody. It's not. It's there for him to take if he wants it, and he can go get it if he wants, dude. And um, really quick too, I pointed out last podcast where you know Aiden on defense helps him out. I think mentally, where on the offensive end, Mikhail can kind of just be his own and do what he wants because he has that energy. But then also with playing with Aiden too, it probably takes a lot of. Um, the focus off of Mikhail offensively, obviously, right? Uh-huh, and the uh-huh. mismatches and all that. Everyone sinks in when Aiton's down there. So that probably opens up a lot more for him too. Agreed. And and the other thing that I noticed is because, uh, or one of the reasons why Mikhail is getting more shot attempts, you know, Aiton is still being integrated into this offense. We saw that three of five from the field tonight, six total points, uh, was, was rested most of the fourth quarter. You know, the, the Suns are playing yeah. the long game right now, folks. They're not just sitting there saying we need to, put DA back in there and we need to give him 38 points a night or 38 minutes a night. Right. Without, with, without a doubt, they're going to ease him back into this offense, allow him to get his legs under him. So we get the best version of him. Uh, but John Carl just said it in the, in the chat. And this is, 
what, you know, kind of where I was going with the McHale point. McHale has an opportunity to score these points because we're missing our spark plug, and that's campaign. We're missing Landry Shamit as much as I like to dog Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit gives you 18 to 24 minutes a night. And without those guys, you know, that's what we saw tonight. That, that's where we got crushed, in my opinion, tonight. And that's where, you know, obviously from behind the three-point line, but a lot of the guys who were making threes were coming off the bench for the, the Atlanta Hawks. We had a total of 25 points uh, coming off of our bench tonight, and that was split between two guys. It was Cam Johnson and JaVale McGee. Uh, Ish Wainwright didn't score. Jalen Smith didn't score. Alfred Payton didn't score in his 10 minutes. You know, and then you look at Danilo Gallinari. He scores 12. And Bogdan, Bogdan, Bojan Bogdanovich, 11 points. You know, combined, they went 5 for 13 from deep. And those were daggers that they were throwing at us. So, you know, again, you'll look at the box score and you'll go, okay, well, it was even off the bench. In fact, I think we outscored their bench by one point, 25 to 24. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm working it out clearly live here on a podcast. Uh, but I felt like, you know, again, the fact that we don't have that sustained offense, giving Chris Paul rest, giving uh, Devin Booker rest, you know, Chris Paul 39 minutes tonight, Devin Booker 38 minutes tonight without campaign and Landry Shamit. Yes, it opens up, you know, the, the pro, it opens up the opportunity for Mikhail Bridges to score 24 points tonight. The con we don't have that sustained offense, you know, from other, other points thoughts, Matthew. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I just hope that's not the thing because I don't want Mikhail just so only be that Mikhail when we don't have help. Like I understand like the minutes and stuff, but I mean, he's playing with the starting offense, but I just kind of meant like even the starting offense, it's there. Cause Aiden will give you whatever you want offensively, obviously. Right. I mean, he's not going to be a guy that wants the ball ever. He will whenever it's talked about in the media and the playoffs will go into it. Uh, and when we go into the playoffs, there might be moments where like feed eight and feed eight and he might throw a little tantrum out there just for show, but it's never going to be anything where he's really wants the ball. If you're scoring, he's like, okay, you guys can do this without me. I'm going to do my thing. So it's there mm-hmm. for the taking in the starting lineup. No, you're right. And that's why I think Mikhail Bridges is showing that he can be a tertiary scorer. And it's something that could continue to progress. Because, DA, you know, to your point, D.A. isn't a ball-dominant center. He's not somebody who constantly – he's not Shaq. You know, he's not somebody yeah. who's like, I need the ball all the time. And, uh, you know, if you don't, I'm going to throw a tantrum. You're, it's, it's so funny you say that because you're right. Like, he'll sit there and be like, what? Why did I get the ball? And he's like, okay, whatever. I really didn't want it. Uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, I want the, I want the ball. Oh, hey. no it's it's true and the other thing da needs to stop doing you know yeah we might as well do the drop because we're we're Uh definitely we're talking about deandre at this point we go watch the other thing about eight and again i I already said this already prefaced it i'm not frustrated with da at all today either because he's working himself back into the lineup after having you know an ankle injury last thing you want to do is max this guy out so that ankle injury lingers and then all of a sudden the playoffs come around and our defensive stalwart and shot deter uh, all of a sudden is out because he can't play right but he's got to stop complaining man he's got to stop turn after every play just turn into the rep no matter what happens like if if he makes a basket he does it if he misses a basket if he does it if he goes up for a rebound he does it he just kind of he turns to the referee and just throws his hands up and i don't like i i just you hear me complain about it when op- the opposition does it i'll complain about it when my own team does it i used to say the same thing about devin booker all the time like he used to yeah. do it a ton when he was was younger and he does it still don't get me wrong and if you go and you go into like the nets threads after the suns game i mean man they were they were talking shit about Booker and how much he was bitching. I'm like, I'm like, man, he's not bitching nearly as much as he used to, but DA has got to stop doing that. Right. 
Yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about, him not getting back on defense because he takes a while to get down on, on defense. He has like a second of hesitation because he has to realize where he's at, what's going on, and then he'll you know continue in the process of either, you know, if it's on offense, oh, give me the ball, or else if it's on defense right away, it's like, okay, I'd hurry up and get back. But there's always like a hesitation with him. So you have that, the one second of that. Then the complaining with the refs. The ref thing is weird with him because – I don't think he gets, he doesn't get the ref's attention yet, right? He should by now in his career, he should have more of the ref's attention. But what he's doing, it doesn't look like the ref's care. I mean, he doesn't have that little like talking to the ref thing. It's just like a look, it's a complaint, and then runs back. So, like I said, for show, it might not even be that. And of course, it's probably not just for show, but it seems like it is. It seems like it's just something he has to throw out there to show like he cares. Like I got fouled and all that. Or that I was trying, right? Like, well, yeah, see, but I, I was trying, right? But that's what I just see. And it's probably not that at all. That's just what I see. I see and the it's same just, thing. It's, waste, it's wasting time because you have to get back. And I mean, if we want to talk about tonight, not playing the fourth, I know getting his feet underneath him, but then Jay Crowder's playing. I know he didn't have an ankle injury at the wrist. Jay Crowder's yeah. playing the fourth. Um, I hope the Suns weren't kind of trying to match what the Hawks were doing. Cause you have Deandre Ayton who can just dominate inside if he's, you know, if he's not winded or whatever tonight, and these aren't even shots at him. I don't know what's going on with him and the injury. I just, I wanted to see him come in in the fifth or the, with the five minutes left in the game to see him kind of take over the game in a way and kind of get into a rhythm, start to get in the rhythm. Cause that's when he cares the most is the last five minutes of the game. He'll be Especially there for the on national television, right? Yeah. He'll grab the boards that we couldn't get where the Hawks would get a second chances. Like he'll, he'll be, so I don't know what that is. And the Suns right now, especially Chris Paul and Devin, but they want to win every game. I don't think they're going to rest him just because like, Hey, we'll just take tonight off. I don't think that's, no, them, that's right? not going to happen. I, I think that he could have played tonight and made a difference. So I don't know what that is. Maybe because they just see the hustle between him and Biombo and stuff like that. And maybe he's just tired. I don't know. This is what we do with Aiden Watch. So, yeah, a lot of random welcome, thoughts. Welcome to Aiden Watch. <laughs> a lot to unpack there. But you're right, though. Okay, so zero minutes played by DA in the fourth quarter. But why not bring him in with five minutes left? Not necessarily as an offensive threat, but a threat, an option. Right? Mm-hmm. That's all you're trying to do in the last five minutes is provide options. And knowing that the Suns were down the way they were, they were going to be chucking the ball up, right? Why not put your best rebounder out there to go grab some rebounds? You know, if you could... And again, it's, you know, offense, defense. But if you could have him out there playing the four, put Biombo out there, then you really got rebounds. So if Devin Booker's throwing up a, a three-pointer and he's missing, you got two rebounded forces down there who can put it back real quick. Now, again, that probably wouldn't work on the defensive end. They probably would have exploited it. Uh, but, it, you know, again, I think there was an opportunity to have him in there in the last five minutes. Uh, maybe, you know, and, and Low Suns is right. I think they wanted to go small. And it's definitely something that Monty Williams has been experimenting with. Uh, recently is a lot of small ball lineups. That's why we saw Ish Wainwright running the five for the entire fourth quarter two games ago. Um, but again, I just think that maybe you put him in there just to to give yourself another option or and or rebounder as you're trying to make up that deficit. But ultimately, you know, the, the game was lost, uh, not so much in the fourth quarter. I feel like the third quarter were the, because the, they both scored 24 points in the third quarter. Uh, but the, the third quarter, um, it was... A plus six for Atlanta, 36 total points to the Suns, 30 points. Uh, They went seven for 13 from three, 53.8%. The Suns went two for eight. You know, the Suns shot 50% in the quarter. But again, when you have Bogdan Bogdanovich going on for going off for two for five from three, Trey Young hit three for five, Kevin Huerter, Huerter, uh, one for two. 
and John Collins even going one for two from deep. It's hard to come back from that, man, because it's just, especially on the road, it's momentum and it's just daggers being thrown all over the place. It's like I said, you know, this is a team that came in, uh, they're hot, and then they were hot from three. You know what? We've done the same thing to teams all year long. Yeah, it's really, uh, really quick. Sorry, uh, Freddie Ram- Ramon. Uh, think I think it's because DA's hustle wasn't there. Just having him not in the game, I honestly just I think that's what it is too. I'm sorry, I just think that's the okay. Hustle wasn't there, and Monty's like, you know what? No, I don't take want a seat, that. son. Yeah, yeah, take a seat. So, um, Ken P- Kenneth Payne says, "Is Aiden really a max player? <laughs> yeah, though? Let's go. Should he every, be sitting? <laughs> every episode we have to have this question." <laughs> Matthew, can you tell me why DeAndre Ayton's a max player? Oh, defensively, yeah. When there you go. We, yeah, he he is. He, we need him in the playoffs for sure. And Bingo. Don't don't think that I don't think about this all the time though. I, we all do, especially you know to yeah. Kenneth Payne's point. You know, if Ayton is really a max player though, should he be sitting? Uh, yeah, that that's a valid question. But again, you know, one, he's coming off of an ankle injury, a lower extremity injury for a big. That's one. You know, two to Matthew's point, maybe the hustle wasn't there. So I get that valid and three the reason why deandre Ayton, in my humble opinion is a max player is for what he does in the playoffs not game to game during the regular season because we've shown through this winning streak that you know just ended tonight that bismack biombo can sub in javel mcgee jalen smith they can sub in and provide the similar production it's not going to be the same in a seven game series seven game series this right now every team is playing checkers you're checkering across the united states going from city to city playing one game at a time once you get in the playoffs it's a chess game and you'll, you'll exploit any weakness you can. And DeAndre Ayton is not a weakness in the playoffs. Bismack Biombo, JaVale McGee, Jalen Smith, they become those different uh, uh, check, checker piece, chess pieces. They become pawns. Yeah. Well, he, the game so he also needs to start you know after the all-star break he needs to begin to his process of getting ready for the playoffs against the big guys and i just have the feeling it's going to be like an Embiid we're going to go up against in the finals and i know we keep saying finals but yeah and then yeah, and then we'll have to and we'll have to beat him you know with someone know, other than deandre himself. like games like this where it's like the hustle's not there like it has to start to matter like this whole sun's team i don't even know I don't I'm even know, stop. dude. I'm gonna stop. I don't, dude. I don't even know. It was one game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was one game. Uh, we're still we're 19 and five on the road. We're 41 mm-hmm. and 10. We're the best team in the NBA. Uh, hiccup tonight. Kudos to the Hawks. You know, good, good on them. That's uh, it. I, I'm not upset to lose to a team like the Hawks. It's losing like no. the next games against the Wizards. Losing to the Wizards always is a little bit more frustrating for me. So I hope we don't lose that game. Um, what notes did you have, Matthew? Uh, other notes that I did have was, uh, basically the fourth quarter, just how it kind of unfolded, you know, going into the fourth, I was just like, they're still going to win. Right. And then I was like, wait, where's Aiden? And then I was like, where's Biombo? And then we got six minutes tonight playing the yep. four. Very awkward. Right. <laughs> I just thought that was always he was, is. he was playing the four and it was kind of like, wait, who's he playing in, 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 uh, in place of, oh yeah, it's Mikhail Bridges. Cause he needs a rest. I guess they had no option to go to him, man, but it didn't look pretty. I think once that happened, and he just looked uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. I think that was the point where I'm like, this is probably not going to be a Suns win. We have Sticks as your other option as a big out there next to Cameron Johnson. And uh, was it Jay Crowder? Jay Crowder? No, not Jay Crowder. Who the fuck was out there? Eh, who cares? Well, but speaking of Jay Crowder, Ben <laughs> yeah. Bimmons, who's watching along live in the YouTube chat. Again, thank you, Ben. And everyone who's here, make sure you hit that thumbs up button down below. He asks, when do you guys think Monty will have Cam take Jay's spot in the starting lineup? 
Ooh. Never. I don't know. Never. Not this Never. year. Not this not year. Gonna not going to Yep. Not this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And this will be, you know, an interesting conversation come this up, you know, off season. If the Suns trade Jay Crowder, because uh, his contract, I think he signed a three-year deal. I'd have to check that. Um, maybe yeah, when, once Matthew starts talking, I'll look that up. Uh, but I think he started to sign a, a three-year deal. So there'd be one year left on his contract. They might trade him in the off season use some of that money to pay Cam Johnson and then move him to the starter. I think next season's the answer to your question, Ben Bimmons. Matthew, what do you think? Um, Yeah, no, it's next year. I kind of came to um, an agreement with myself to just relax, wait till next year when I get my Cam Johnson jersey finally. And also, Cam Johnson will be the starter for the Suns. We know the Twins will be the starting lineup oh, next man. year together, yeah. and it's going to be great. So we just have to wait it out because Jay comes back from injury, has a terrible game last game. Tonight, hits a couple big threes. So I'm just, I'm you know, we need him in the starting lineup. He's going to hit the big threes when we need it. He's going to make the big plays. He's gonna always going to be in the crunch time when we need him in. Um, so it's just it's more versatile when you have him starting the game and Cameron Johnson coming off the bench. So it's just working that way. Don't mess it mm-hmm. up right now. Yeah, I mean, and this season obviously it's been working, and Cam John, and, and that's the beautiful thing is during Jay's timeout, Cam showed his capacity to assist the team with his offensive and defensive production. And yes, looking at his contract, uh, Jay Crowder's slated to make ten point one million dollars next year. So this upcoming offseason, if you feel like that's a, a move you need to make to free up some money, that's a highly tradable contract. And Jay Crowder's a highly desired player. Anybody will bring want him as a part of their team. So that could be an asset mover in the offseason. But guess what? I'd rather be having that conversation after hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy instead of after a loss to the to the Hawks. So yep. uh, so there we go there. Um Another question for you. Uh, it still says eight and watch on here. This is for you, li- for you oh, listening. Embarrassing. I know. We're just. I'm sorry, Matthew. I failed you as a podcast host. Uh, yeah, one last thing, you know, kind of looking at this game before we start talking about the All Star game, because we got some stuff to talk we about. We got to talk about game. that. Yep. Got to talk about the All Star game. Um, you know, obviously Trey Young, fantastic game. Kevin Hoarder, 19 points. John Collins, 19 points. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, 13 points. Clint Capella, six points. You know, that's starting five for the Atlanta Hawks. What's the ceiling of this Hawks team? Can they make it all the way to the finals? Do you do you really think that in the in the Eastern Conference? I think it's possible. And I think um the the ceiling is really the Clint Capella piece. I think they they can really do it all offensively. Defensively, they're there too. I just think Clint Capella, there's only a really a ceiling for him right there i feel like he's already hit his ceiling but yeah. i feel like just as good as he plays and how he can just handle the glass that'll really help them because obviously we saw tonight how hot they can get from three how good they are just shooting the ball in general and moving the ball around i think that they're more used because coming into this year you had all these pieces john collins hunter coming off such a fantastic year last year they started playing this year as individual players they weren't playing as a team at all but tonight you saw them moving the ball around a lot as long as they're doing that and they're hitting these big shots they're going to be really hard to beat but i mean if if we were to say like all the east teams that they were have if they were healthy they would be at the bottom of the list for sure the only reason i think they have a chance is because of all the injuries and all the covid concerns and stuff like Mm -hmm. that well and they showed us tonight obviously what makes them a potent team and that's their offense uh, and the Suns didn't really take advantage of their weakness, and that's their defense. I mean, they're 27th in the league in defense, and they're, I think they're top three in offense. So, I mean, tonight's one of those nights where offense won out, but on a longer timeline, that is, you know, defense will ultimately always win, in my opinion. 
and so to your point, I think I agree with you. You know, the ceiling for this team could be another trip to the Eastern Conference Finals based on the matchup and the seeding in the Eastern Conference. But I don't know if it'll equate to a, an NBA Finals appearance because you have the Nets who, you know, if they're healthy, which is ultimately the question, if they're healthy, you know, if they're engaged, if Kyrie can play at home, all that fun stuff. But the Bucks and the Sixers are re- two really, really good teams as well. And they both are very much, they're, they're a lot better at defense. So the Hawks, as entertaining as they are to watch, I don't know. I, I think their ceiling is kind of the, the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's where I stand there. Right. Um, let's, let, let's go ahead. I know it's a little early in the podcast, but let's hand out the... Jam Star of the Game. All right, Jamsters, reminder, if you're listening to the podcast tomorrow, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it live right here on the show. And if you're watching along live right now, not only click the thumbs up button, click the join button. Uh, you can donate in the super chat to the to the cause. We'll try to get Matthew some courtside tickets while wearing a Cam Johnson jersey. That's what we want to use it for. But also, uh, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, who who you dropping that on tonight? Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and give it to uh, Booker tonight. I think he... <sighs> Hold on. Who should I give it to? Yeah, I guess I'll give it to Booker. Really? Well, do I need a reason? I don't know. I... <laughs> Honestly, it's weird because you asked me, and usually, like going into this, I always know. I think since it's been a loss, I didn't even think about who the jam starts to be. So I scrolled up on my uh, little stat sheet over here, and I saw 32 points for Booker, 13 is 27 shooting. So, but one for eight from three, I'm like, uh, I guess I'll just give it to him. He has the most points, huh? Well, as far as jam star, first, I'll say uh, we have Alfred Godet in the chat. He says, "Guys, I love you, Alfred. All right, Al, buddy. He's an elite jamster. We love you too, Thank you very much." Alfred's an old buddy, army buddy of mine, living in Delaware. Yes, really, Delaware. Yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> I'm going to say Trey Young. I'm going to give it to a member of the opposition tonight. Trey Young was fantastic in this game, coming off of a shoulder injury. You know, hitting that clutch three at the end. I don't like giving it to the opposition. I don't know if I've ever given it to a member of the opposing team, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it to to Trey Young. I thought he had a fantastic game. He earned the W tonight as well as he should. He's typically, like I said, last season, season before that, couldn't stand Trey Young. Flopper all over the court. To see him adjust his game and still be productive tonight uh, was something that was really uh, an epiphany to see. And, you know, good on him. Congratulations, Trey Young. Uh, you were an all-star starter, and I actually agree with it this time, which is actually kind of weird because I know when he was voted to the all-star game last time, man, I destroyed that. So Yeah, and I'm just like, what is this love for him, man? It's coming out of nowhere. I don't the know, Trae man. Young like, love. Yeah, this is this is true. And like Force Master 99 says in the chat, he says, Trey flops too much. That's always been my stance on him. You know, I talked about in the last podcast when I went off on Blake Griffin, like my old GM's an Oklahoma guy. So I've watched a lot of Trey. I've been watching Trey Young since he was at Oklahoma. I wanted to be on the Suns, remember? Like we had a shot at Trey Young. You know, we ended up with Aiton in that draft. I'm like, of all the drafts, where we get the number one pick, it's the one where you had Luka and Trey, and we're going to end up with the big guy. I know this is going to happen. These are conversations you and I used to have. We ended up with DA. We've been to the finals ever since, so I'm happy to be wrong in that instance. Uh, but I think that he's flopping a lot less this year, and he's more of a basketball player, a true basketball player. And I enjoy watching that. And again, this was a great game for him. I don't know if it was, it was his season high. I didn't look up that. But 43 points, like, give the man his flowers. He played well. He played very well tonight. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie, me, Ramon, Jam Stars, Trey, F that guy. I don't know if he's talking about F Trey or F me for saying that, but uh, <laughs> he's supposed to say F the Lakers. That was Jam Stars, Trey, F the Lakers. So, um, speaking of guys, we want to F. No. 
<laughs> oh, let me take my jacket off. It's getting hot. Yeah. Woo, it's getting hot in here. Uh, well, so the All-Star Reserves were announced tonight. Booker, Chris Paul, both headed to the All-Star game. Matthew, your thoughts? Very excited. Booker was the first one named off. Um, I didn't know they were releasing him today. Did you know? Because I turned on the game uh, 15 minutes before, and they they had the pregame show, obviously, and they were announcing. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was today. Excited. And so they were they were listing off the names, and I was like, where the fuck's book? But they're in the last two. And then uh, Chris Paul, of course, was a wild card. So it's exciting. Of course, I think everyone knows if you had the five best players in the West, Booker would be in Wiggins' spot. That would be where Booker would be. Uh, he would definitely be a starter. But just to have them both in the game and you don't have to worry about it, you know, it's kind of nice. Now it's going to be one of those things going into like next year, the year after that, where Book's just going to be automatically an all-star. We'll never have to worry about it, right? Yeah, I honestly think so. I mean, he has a reputation about him now. Uh, he was the first guy they named off. I know it's not like in order necessarily of, you know, who they think should be there or what have you. But at the same time, like it was, uh, it was just, it's nice to see. It's the first time that the Phoenix Suns have had two members of the all-star game since 2010 with Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. Uh, so I thought that was obviously pretty cool. Um, and I, and I, I really believe that to your point, like this is the end of Booker not making the all-star game, you know, unless, you know, there's an injury or something of that nature. Uh, but speaking of injuries, you know, Draymond Green was on the broadcast on TNT and he was elected a reserve for the all-star game. And he said right there on the broadcast that he wasn't going to be there due to injury. Yeah. LeBron James yeah. might not be there due to injury. So, you know, first I'll ask you this, who do you think the biggest all-star snubs were? And second, who do you think could replace either Draymond Green, LeBron James, or both? Um. Well. If you're going to East, I'm going to say... Um, no, no, not for, East. It's all West. West. Yeah, because those guys both play in the West. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't really even looked at it yet, to be honest, dude. Like, as a snub, that nothing came to mind. That I'm like, oh, how come this guy didn't make it? Who do you have? Yeah, uh, I'm in the same boat. I think every. I think they got it right, and maybe that's some... Yeah. Uh, Is that weird? It, it, well, but maybe that's biased because our guys actually got in. So we're like, yeah, no, they clearly got it right. You know, <laughs> I was Probably. thinking about that. I was thinking Lamella about that. Ball, maybe. I don't know. Lamella. Yeah, on, on the East, yeah, there's a little bit more. Yeah, some people are saying some people are saying, you know, DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Maybe DeJounte Murray should be in instead of Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, that's what he was saying, right? That's what yeah, he was hoping that um Draymond Green was hoping that DeJounte Murray would replace him, right? I think that's what he yeah. was saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. <laughs> so I mean th- th- that kind of shows you. Um but so so who do you think should replace Draymond Green? and or lebron james i guess i'll go to jante dude who else would it be well i think the challenge there though is, is he's not a forward oh so it doesn't i don't know the, the only thing is i need to actually look and see i have I had got, the time my bad i, go I got i got one guy who i think should be in the all-star game knowing that lebron james or draymond green aren't there and if both aren't then i think his chances really go up because i think that they'll still throw a guard in there you know it could be you know, because what they what they generally do is they see where the backlash is, and then they answer the backlash by letting that guy in due to injury. You know, but the guy who I think could replace one of those guys in the All Star game, it's this guy. The Warden. Why not? Why not have Mikael Bridges get an All Star appearance? It's the best team in the NBA. You know, the, the Jazz have two people. The Warriors have three people. We have two people. We're the best team in the NBA. The Jazz had three All-Stars last season when they uh, when they had the best record in the NBA. Now, Mike Connolly was in late addition due to injury, but that was the third person in. 
why not Mikael Bridges? How amazing would it be to have Mikael Bridges as an all-star? It'd be awesome. And actually, he was third in the list. I looked up 2022 NBA All-Star snubs, and he was number three. Exactly. So, you know, it honestly, it crossed my mind, but I just didn't know how realistic it was. You know, if he had this offensive game, of course, all year long, like he has been playing the last three or four games, then yeah, obviously he would be that guy. But I think he just kind of fell off in the beginning where he was like a defensive player of the year candidate. And then he was just kind of, you know, defensive. That's all he was doing. Offensively, he was great in the beginning of the year, too. And he just had, he kind of dipped. So that's probably why I didn't really think of it. But it makes sense because when you're going through the list of players like I just did right now, mm-hmm. no one else really stands out. So he he exactly. actually has a chance. He has a chance. And he, you know, again, he reward, he's a great guy. Like, I guarantee you, if the All-Star game gets close at the end of the game, Mikhail Bridges is a guy that Monty Williams, who will be the head coach there, will put in to help win the, win the game. Right. If he's on his team now, granted, it's the whole draft process, not East versus West like it used to be or what have you. But Mikhail Bridges will be a member of Team USA the next time they do the whole Team USA thing because of his defensive pliability. And and obviously the ability he's shown on offense to be just the perfect. He's like the perfect piece. And I think he'd be a great member of an all star game. Crazy, Uh, right? Because he might he got he got the max. He got his he got his max, whatever he got. He got paid. And we locked him down. Yeah, and he if he makes the All Star game, that's ahead of DA too. So I'm just saying, you know, not to, not to bring DA into this, but it's just like, you know, DA should be an All Star by now. He should have got the max, but Mikhail's stealing that from him. He's not stealing; he's just he's earned it. He's definitely. You imagine it. DA is an All Star, just kind of like, come on, guys, and like half not giving a shit and half not hustling out there. Care. Yeah, he wouldn't care. He's like, whatever, man. I'm just happy to be here. Such a weird relationship I have with that guy. I don't. I know. I've never I felt him. this way with the player ever. I, I, I love him, but man, he just like he he can be so lackadaisical sometimes. It drives me crazy, and it drives all Suns fans crazy, mm-hmm. and that that's the truth. Uh, Corey Flynn is watching along live on YouTube. He says need to increase All Star roster to fifteen. Too many snubs every year. What do you think about that, Matthew? Yeah, I feel like there's always just like the one, the one snub. And now they kind of get in because I think a lot of these players like Draymond Green this did this year. And then um, was it last year? Yeah, it was um, freaking what's his name that helped Booker get in from the Portland show. Damian uh, Lillard. Damon, Dame Lillard. Yeah. Gave a shout out like who, who should my this should be my replacement. It's Devin Booker. Yeah. So now DeJounte Murray's probably going to get in because of Draymond Green. So I think just Jingo. because these players are resting, they might get hurt. A lot of them, I think, are looking out for each other as players. And if they are hurt, they'll sit this one out to let someone oh, absolutely. else in the All-Star. Because they still get that star next to their name at uh, uh, basketballreference.com. So that's all really that's really all that matters. That's all that matters, man. You don't have to play in, in the, the game. You, just, you get elected. You just get that, you get that on your yeah. basketball reference page. Exactly. Like, I, I'm okay with the rosters being the way they were. And this is the same argument I've had for a long time, even though I've experienced Dem Booker getting snubbed in the past. And this goes back more than three years because four years ago, Devin Booker could have been an all-star due to his numbers, but because he played for a bad team, you know, winning didn't matter back then. Uh, but the, the issue I feel like you run into if you have a fifth, 15 players on the roster is the same issue you have now. It's it, it, and it actually, in my opinion, makes it twofold. The first problem is it's somebody's going to be number 16. There's going to be a guy who's number 16, 17, who, you know, there'll there'll always be two guys who are snubbed. You're like, well, you got a 15 roster spots and two more guys have been snubbed, you know? And it's like, so Mm -hmm. no matter what that number is, it's the same thing with like the college football playoff, right? It's currently four teams. Notre Dame was the fifth team. They didn't make it. They're like, wow, they could have made it. You know, it's like you do the, once we go to 16 games, which they should in the college football playoff, there'll always be the 17th team that didn't make it in. We, We see it every year. There's a whole segment after they elect, 
not only 64, but 66 fucking teams to the tournament in the NCAA that they, you know, the first four out. Let's talk about the first four out. We got 66 teams here, but we'll talk about the first four out. You know, it's just like, no matter what, yeah. there will be something on the fringe. So I yeah. don't really, I don't really feel like, you know, moving it to 15 is going to solve anything. In fact, what I think it'll do, it'll dilute it to the point where you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like a, a year like this year, Russell Westbrook got in because he was guy number 15. It's like, what does the all-star game really mean? What does it mean? Yeah. Bingo. So yeah. Yeah, Ben Bimmons, you know, he, he says in the chat, he says kind of devalues the all-star selection. So I'd like it where it's at. Is it unfortunate that there's snubs? Of course there is. It, but again, as I just stated with two other sports, there's always going to be fringe. There's always going to be someone on the outside looking in. We know what that feels like because as Phoenix Suns fans, we're always on the outside looking in on everything. Uh, but it was very nice to have both CP3 and Devin Booker recognized for their efforts, knowing that Monty Williams and his coaching staff will be in Cleveland to coach the all-star game this year. Matthew, have you seen the, uh, the all-star game, like the threads? Like what yeah. The yeah. If they're, if they were real, do you have them to pull them up? But the ones where it has like the big NBA logo on the front, right? Yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah. I, if you ask me what I think about them, I kind of like them. What do you first. think about them? If you're asking me, I'm going to say I kind of like them. I'm, I wish I had a picture I could, I could pull up that showed both yeah. of them. Ah, I mean, I could do a share screen, but no one wants to watch a share screen. It, but you're right. It has a big NBA logo. One's red and one's like gray yeah. with blue trim on it. I like it, too. It, it kind like of it? Rem- the only issue yeah. I have is it doesn't have the number on the front. And on the gray jerseys, the the font and everything is uh, it's white. So it's kind of hard to see like, that's kind of my, my number one issue. Let's see I'll, Let what I'll see. do right here. I was I'll, looking at the red ones. Well, I'll do a share screen real quick. Okay. Just so people who are watching along live with us can see what we're talking about. And if you happen to be uh, uh, listening, you can Google it yourself. Um, so you see this right here. Yeah. See, yeah. So, so this is like Jokic. Is, I, I, I don't like this as much because, again, the front doesn't have the number on it and the back, like, that's kind of hard to see, you know? Yeah. So, not, not a big fan of that. But the red ones, um, the red ones are, are pretty nice because, again, you can read it and it's it's a good shade of red. So, those those are kind of cool. And uh, apparently, it's 70% off if you use the code 24 ship. So, there you go. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, they're, not, they're not bad, dude. I just. I think that um, the only thing that sucks is, of course, the white on the back of it. Um, yeah. But I had to see them on the bodies. And I know of that sounds kind of weird. Of I want to see them in action because then you'll really get the full you know, content there. So I want to see that first before I actually give 100% of my review on these jerseys. <laughs> uh, uh, Fabio says in the chat, I miss the days when they played with the team jerseys. Yeah, that was badass. Those were the best, man. Why don't that again, was awesome. I- I'm finishing. I'll probably finish the last dance for the third time tonight, sitting in a hotel room in Folsom, California. I'm watching the last dance every night, except for last night when I went to the Kings game, which we'll talk about here in just a couple yeah. seconds. Uh, but like they show the all-star game back in 1998 and they're all, you know, if you're home, you're wearing your home Jersey. If you're the away team, you're wearing the away jersey. It just, it just looks cool. I, and it, it's, What's what's always fun about the All-Star game in that time is if you have NBA TV, they start to show all the old All-Star games. And there's nothing more cool than not only seeing that snapshot in time. These were the best players at this time, this season. But it also encapsulates the jerseys of those times. So you see like Michael Jordan in 1998 and he's playing against 
you know, uh, uh, somebody who's wearing the Raptors jersey. It's just like the old Raptors jersey. It's not a throwback. That's what they wore that year, you know. So, like, I think that's really cool, and I wish that they didn't go away from that as well, Fabio. I can make more money. I mean, I guess they can have the All Star jerseys, and then just wear. I think is that what they did though? That is that what they did those years where they would have an All Star jersey, but then of course they would wear their home and away jerseys. But would they sell the All Star jerseys separate too? Did they have that, or did they just no. have anything? Because no, obviously they, it's to make more money with these jerseys. Well, right? and it's hit and miss. Because like if you go back and you look at like, uh, uh, yeah, it's obviously more nowadays it's to make more money. But you know, nineteen ninety eight, some of those years were were one offs. Because if you go back to like the nineteen ninety three All Star game, ninety two, ninety one, ninety five, when it was in Arizona. Uh, they had all-star game jerseys, but every now and then they throw just like, you know, maybe it was laziness, but they're just like, yeah, let's just do it. You know, they didn't have NBA.com or if they did back in 98, it wasn't nearly as uh, prevalent as it is now as, you know, relative to being able to sell things and, yeah. and make money off of it. So, uh, but again, you know, I think that it's, it's exciting to have Phoenix Suns as a member of it. I'm excited. They, they released the dunk contest participants, uh, Anthony Simons, Obi Toppin, uh, Jalen Green, and the guy who I forgot who will obviously be the guy who wins. I think that's a great dunk contest. I don't think they've released the three-point shooting contest yet, but obviously Cam Johnson, who's third in the league in threes, like he needs to be there as well. Like, Monty, bring the whole crew, man. Bring all the sons with you. Yeah, and that's something that uh, Draymond talked about too, where uh, he's trying to get all the Warriors uh, players involved as much as he could. I mean, as much as he can. It's experience you can't just dip out on. If you haven't a chance to get there, you have to go. And um, I was listening to No Dunks this morning. I forget who the other guy is, um, but it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see Obi Toppin, man, in there because we were big fans of him coming out of the draft. So and Jalen Green, of course, you know, yes, he's a high flyer. So I haven't seen much of him play at all. I mean, a few times against the Suns, but I want to see him actually dunk the ball. Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, Ben Bimmon says it. Cole Anthony was the other one. So Iverson Vlogs, okay. a, a loyal uh, follower of the pod. It's Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, JTA, and Toppin. So. That's Juan Toscano Anderson from the Warriors. So um, Darth Vader 32 says in the chat, go Lakers. Sun's still second best team in the league. Uh, Definitely, the Lakers, I agree. The Lakers suck. And thank you for stopping by to remind us. Of that. <laughs> um, so what else we got to talk about, Matthew? Anything else before I, <laughs> I mean, do you want to go on a tangent about the Lakers now? I can. I'm uh, yeah, and how I'm, Anthony I'm, Davis came back and now he looks, he looks good. And now, uh, yeah. And he'll be injured in happen. like 10 games. I know, you know? but this is what's going to happen there. He's going to start looking like the best player in the NBA again. And then everyone's gonna start picking the Lakers. And it's not like I care. It's just, it's something that's going to happen. And the weirdest thing is when the Lakers are sucking for this long, how does LeBron like you have to hold down the locker room and be like, all right, you can't listen to anything for two months because we're gonna suck. We're gonna be mediocre and we're gonna suck, but we'll get it together at the end of the year. We might trade you Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry, but we're gonna get it together in the year. And then we have Anthony Davis coming back, who's gonna be like a top five player. So that's just that's their plan. And I just know as soon as after the all-star game, a few weeks go by, we're gonna be talking about the Lakers as being the best team in the West. They're going to overshadow the the Suns like that. Just of that course. Of, of course. And and I get it. You know, it's it's Los Angeles. It's a huge fan base. So much so that even when your team's playing the Los Angeles Clippers currently live on TNT, your fans go into Suns post-game podcast against the, the Hawks just to tell them what you think. I mean, clearly their fan base is huge. So today I was at work and, you know, here in Folsom and, I'm, and the place is currently under construction and there's a lot of construction guys around. And I talk sports with anybody I can. I'm like, hey, man, who's your team? What do you like? Someone tell me you like basketball? We're in. And everyone up here is 49er fans. Obviously, we're in Northern California, and the 49ers just lost. So nobody's in the mood to talk football right now, right? 
but there's some Laker fans up here. And I was talking to one guy, an electrician today. We're talking about the Lakers. He's like, man, fuck LeBron. He goes, and he goes, fuck the Lakers, dude. They just rescinded the season tickets for Jerry West, the logo. They're, they rescinded tickets. I don't know what the hell they're doing there. He's like, I can't. And then I was like, yeah, I'm a Suns fan. He's like, man, you guys got your shit together right now. He's like, you guys are a team. And I go, I go, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's what happens. You know, it's, we're a team right now. And to your point, like they'll go on a, at the end of the season, they're going to go on a nice little five game win streak. And it will be the most publicized win streak that we've heard of all season. Even though the Suns have put together 18 and 11 game win streaks, it's all about the Lakers, but you know what? Fuck them. Well, we well brought said. it up. Every pod. We got to yeah. talk about Aiden. And we got to talk, talk shit about the Lakers. So. Fucking the Lakers. So uh, back end of the pod. Um, I, again, I'm up here in Folsom. So last night I drove into uh, Sacramento. I went to see the Kings play the Suns. Mm-hmm. The Suns. The Kings play the Nets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I got to say, you know, so it's Golden One Center, I think is what the name of the place is. Golden One Arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a beautiful arena they have in Sacramento. I will say that it's brand new. It makes a lot of sense. A lot of money up here. And it was really cool. You know, you walk in the entrance and it's wide open. You know how like the Suns did the renovation to where you walk in and you're kind of in like the corner and it feels a little open. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that on the entire side of the stadium when you first walk in. So it's like, it's just open and you walk in, you're like, Oh shit, here I am. And so, you know, the, the seats go, you know, from uh, go all the way around, but not at one side all the way to the upper deck. So it's really nice. Uh, you had NBC or the, the NBC sports, North, uh, California broadcast was happening right there. Just like TC, you know, mm-hmm. and Tom Leander do it was Matt Barnes and somebody. So I was right there. They had, they had, uh, uh, Kings fans with bags over their head behind the guy <laughs> behind them during the broadcast. It was fantastic. You know, I said, what's up to Matt Barnes. I told him we still love him in Phoenix. Uh, I love his podcast, man. All the smoke is a great oh, podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know? So, uh, and Fabio said one of the best parts, he's like, you witnessed James Harden's historic performance. I got to watch James Harden score four points. And it was amazing. Like I've never seen, I've never seen him in person before. Uh, never seen Kyrie play before. Kyrie was electric. He's just, he's so electric to watch. Uh, but it was like 39 tickets or $39 for lower bowl tickets. Uh, and it was just like this fun experience. And Matthew, this is, this is the kind of comment that I feel like only you can appreciate. Um, as I was walking around the arena, do you know what my number one observation was? Every All the fans there are really tall. Yeah. You know, like, remember we're in Hollywood and everyone was like really short with like very defined yeah. faces? <laughs> okay. Like in Sacramento, everyone's just huge. That's where they ship them off to. It's like yeah. all the big people get the f- yeah. out of here. Yeah. They're like, listen, we don't want you yeah. to San Francisco. You got to go out to Sacramento. Uh, but, but it was, it's, it's beautiful around the arena. It's a, it's a really nice place to go watch a basketball game. They ended up winning, which was like fantastic. Cause it was like the nets who had lost five coming in. And I think the, the, the Kings had lost five and I was sitting next to a nets fan. I was like, Hey, how do you, you know, he had his hard Jersey on. He was a little upset obviously with the way that the game went. But at the same time, he, I was just like, what's your take on Blake Griffin? He's like, man, fuck that guy. I was like, you know what? I agree. <laughs> That's like the response you get all the time. Huh? You just bring up one player, like, oh, F that guy. Yeah. Nah, and, I, and, I, and I went down and I yelled at, J- at uh, Javon Carter. You know, I was wearing oh, my nice. orange. And yeah. some of you might have saw on Twitter, I photobombed the back of the broadcast. You know, they're live. Uh, uh, Matt Barnes is making a point on something. I'm standing behind him and I've got my son's gear on and I'm like saying number one and doing all that stuff because I'm a jackass. I got nothing you else. Look to do. Yeah, you look good. You look sick, man. You look thank nice. You. Yeah, I wore the bright orange Nash. 
shirt. It looks like this, but it's orange. It's, it's the Nash jersey shirt. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Nash, yeah, because the Nets are here. I'm like, I didn't even put two and two together. The Nash was in the building. I was like, oh, I was down there. Steve Nash standing right there. I'm like, Javon! Bobby, <laughs> and I, yeah. and I, like, I bow to Javon Carter, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Steve yeah. Nash, yeah. Thank you for everything you did, hey, too. But yeah, Javon, that's, Life that's, goes on, Nash, sorry. But there's Javon Carter. And you know the one thing I noticed about Javon Carter? Every time a timeout was called, he's the first one off the bench giving everybody a high five. Man, I where I he learned Javon that Carter. from. Man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was just... So, well, I think he's always act. been that way. He's he has to be that guy. He's Definitely. just that dude. I mean, remember is, when we yeah. sat we sat courtside with the against the Clippers and we were right next yeah. to the bench. I mean, that was Javon the whole time, and that was a great yeah. game he had too because uh, uh, Rubio hit a couple big game. threes. Yeah, yeah. Dude. So, but that was my experience going to the Kings Arena, and you know I'm going to be up here for the majority of the month, so I'll probably be going to another game. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that was one of the ones I wanted to check out because it's brand new. They they built that when they saw Boogie Cousins, and it was yeah. like. Oh, here we go, Kings. And then, <laughs> nope, never mind. Again and again and again. And you said you saw a lot of Halliburton jerseys over Fox. I didn't is, see any Fox jerseys. It was which all is, Halliburton. Oh, it's just no Fox jerseys. Okay. Yeah. Halliburton's a guy there. Obviously, Fox just, he's not, he's had his time. Uh, it's just not going to happen there. And I'll tell you this Coolio performed at halftime. I heard that. And they won yes. because of Coolio. Yeah. Did you hear he's like 21 and 0 or something like That's that? That's what he said. He's like, I'm undefeated when I perform at halftime. And he was yeah. wearing a Halliburton jersey. So okay. that just shows you where they're at. So, <laughs> nice. yeah. I uh, heard that on no dunks that he performed. I didn't know where it was. But it was at the Sacramento game. Yeah, yeah, it's the Sacramento game. It was. And like, I, I came cool. back to, I came back to the hotel room. I turned on ESPN. The first highlights, the Kings game. I'm like, cool. I was there tonight. It was kind of fun. So, uh, so says Jay. You should go to a drive-in movie in Sacto. Listen, so says Jay. I listen to Fan of the Flames podcast, and I heard about your experience at the drive-in movie. It's raining. Your car died. All that stuff. Like, I ain't doing any of that shit. So. <laughs> so uh, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about on this edition mm. of Suns Jam? Says, oh, we didn't even say. Uh, we play the Wizards next. Yeah. Uh, that's our next game. So Suns at Wizards. Uh, is that what day of the week? Is that Saturday or Sunday, Matthew? No, it's Friday. It's oh, Friday? I'm sorry. What is no? It's Saturday. today's Thursday. Okay, Saturday like, at five o'clock. Gotcha. Okay, I got to remember that. So perfect. <laughs> so, okay. uh, so we'll be coming to you live after that game. Uh, Wizards currently, you know, a team that was the number one team in the Eastern Conference. I think they're like tenth now. So, uh, looking forward to that one. Uh, Matthew, anything else you want to say before we biznounce? I think that's it, man. Is this the end? It's already been an hour. It's already right. been an hour. It's Jeez. been an hour. Yeah, so right. remember, ladies and gentlemen, please subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening to the podcast. If you're following along live, please give us that thumbs up button. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Make sure you follow Matthew and all of his tweets on Twitter at Matthew Lossie and uh, at Suns Jam for the podcast itself. So uh, until Saturday night, everyone have a fantastic evening and a good Friday, and uh, eh, have a have a great Saturday too. Go home, love your family. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.